0: what's up everybody happy wednesday it's excellent to be with you on this magnificent day we have before us absolutely stoked up about this episode of the ebb and flow podcast i hope that i'm catching you in your highest greatness for the greatest good of the universe standing in your truth standing in your power ready to give this world everything you got because we need you we absolutely need you we need your energy we need your light we need you so here we go this is part 2 of cultural insanity and spirituality i initially titled this podcast when it came to me i the initial the original title i came up with was cultural lunacy and pseudo intellectualism Which is very much what this is about. However, I want to veer on the side of the light, veer on the side of the positivity. And in all the insanity, we find some semblance of sanity. And as I said in the first part of this deep dive, exploration, whatever you'd like to call it, the solution is really found in the spirituality. One of my issues with everything happening in the world right now, all of the movements, all of the, the division, the, the ideologies being spread and perpetuated and gaining momentum, if they even are in, real, in the real world. They certainly seem to in the, in the technosphere, in the, in the digital realm. Of social media, etc, which I don't know it's interesting. I mean maybe that 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 deserves its own exploration, and perhaps we'll be in part three of this of this deep dive dissection. but we're never talking about having more compassion for people. We're never talking about coming to an understanding. It's all about just stampeding through the crowd with the sledgehammers. Going, this is the way we all have to be. Is it ever going to be like that? Throughout history, we've tried our damnedest to make everyone into the same thing. I guess in this rendition of it all, with technology and big tech and big pharma and these, these fucking maestros of culture who have come into power through their monetary gain... I guess this is the best attempt we've ever seen at the utilitarianism of humanity of making everyone into the same thing the one for better or worse so here we go once again joined by my brother Gus Britton I think you guys will really enjoy it as always it's my pleasure my absolute life's Purpose, to share this with you share my words and my energy with all of you and I hope to make a positive impact before I send you off hey the greatest way you can support me in this show subscribe rate it review it you can also head over to patreon find me at patreon.com forward slash eds britain to get more content more of the ebb and flow philosophy ethos mindset, motivation, movement, nutrition, all of the above, you get that there. If you're down with the fungi and you want some fantastic mushroom supplements, head over to wake.net, use code EBBINFLOW to get 10% off and free shipping on your next order. They've got fantastic products, some of the highest quality medicinal mushroom products I've ever come across, Lion's Mane, Reishi cordyceps turkey tail you know what it is it's fantastic stuff that's about it y'all lots of love to you guys have an excellent rest of your day i'll see y'all on the flip side you have unlocked the eternal link to internal source the key of imagination your admission access to the enlightened dimension We're back in the saddle cultural lunacy and pseudo-intellectualism breakdown part two hello <laughs> all right man.
1: all right it's great to see you it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day what can we say
0: good god it's a gorgeous day out here it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day with your neighbor. Would you
1: be mine? Would Won't you, you be mine? Be mine? Um, uh, so just m- sing. Give yourself <laughs> the opportunity to sing.
0: Enjoy
1: it. You know,
0: enjoy it. Um. So last time, last discussion we had, shit went. Off the rails. But maybe even not, you know. I love what you said because I kept going We spent way too much time on this and you're like, Who do you stop? I saying don't know why that? you keep
1: saying it went off the rails. How could you have this conversation otherwise? There are no rails. Fuck the rails.
0: You're totally right, man. Dude,
1: you're it's totally too right. vast a conversation to think there's any there's any you know, this takes us in so many different directions. Yeah, you know, we have a couple things written down and things we want to touch on, but then you know Yeah totally. It's like jazz. Absolutely. It's like jazz. You have a certain idea about what you want the song to be. Yep. And then you just riff. Yep. And see what happens.
0: Yep. Yep. Podcasts. I was saying this the other day. I said this yesterday because I've been doing a lot of a lot of podcasts over the last few days. This week has been super busy. And one of the beautiful things about my call it relationship with podcasting or relationship with speaking is that one of my One of my ego trips is that every time I get on the mic, there's this tiny voice inside going, have you better do really good here? (laughs) You better sound really wise and intelligent and have the thing that's going to change the world here, buddy. Yeah. But through my spiritual practice, that voice will come in and then I'm able to just say, oh, that's so sweet of you. Yeah. And here I am, I can just be with whatever I'm going through in the moment and let that manifest and bring through the authenticity of my energy, whatever that looks like. And it's like fuck it, man. So we came in wanting to talk about X, Y, and Z and we ended up over here talking about this thing. All right, that's what came through. Yeah. If I'm coming in each time with the intention of serving the highest good, then what does it matter? It's not even really up to me, you know? Yeah. Well that talk I sent you earlier, it's the Alan Watts Ramdas right. c- collaboration.
1: I'm excited
0: for that. It's their it's them at their best. Uh-huh. And it's really it unfortunately it's not them in conversation, but they've taken snippets of lectures from both guys oh and, really and turned it into a really interesting beautiful rich con uh dialogue on all of this and one of the things alan watts talks about this all the time and you know this i know this very well having dipped our toes into the craft of acting mm-hmm. where he says as an audience member we know immediately when an actor is coming from an inauthentic place, yeah, you see it. yeah. And as an actor, as someone who's, has, who has played the game, played in that realm, moved through the, the theatrical arts, you know that so well as an actor. You know when it's shit. When you're trying to make it something. Yeah, and it comes off. It, it, that's what has always blown my mind about acting. Yeah, and doing Martha's class. Martha's our aunt, who's a brilliant acting coach here in Los Angeles. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Acting is an incredible. It's alchemy. such
0: a, it's such an alchemy yeah. because it's so much an interplay of actor and audience.
1: Yeah, and to me, you know, it, it goes into a deeper sort of animalistic level um, where the audience, because if we look at each other as just being these apes, you know, the audience can tell through the animal behavior, through the eyes, you know, it's like, it's ineffable. I just keep coming back to that word. It's like an ineffable thing. Yeah. You know, and this kind of, uh, I talked about this in a podcast we did. God, man, you had like just started this where I was like, if you walk into a room and there's a blow up doll on the couch, how does, and it looks just like a human. How does the human know that that it's a blow up doll and it's not a human? Like, what is that? Like, you could be standing 20 yards from it. Like, and then I have this other analogy, this other thought, if you took a big tank, a big fish tank, and you had a great white shark in it, just by itself, and it's hungry, and you dropped a, a big piece of wood in it, right, just like a big log, like you cut off of the trunk of a tree, uh. and you dropped the trunk in, the great white shark would just swim around the trunk, And he, the shark doesn't have any knowledge of what this thing is called. It's just like, oh, that's an inanimate object that I can't eat and interact with in that way. Now, if you dropped a human in, and you told the human you have to stay perfectly still, this is so far out and strange. I don't even know why. And but and you have to no no keep going. You said to the human. You have to stay perfectly still. The shark would know that something's going on in there. Uh The shark would, you know, yes, of course, the kind of obvious answer is like, well, it would smell you. Uh It would like know there's hormones involved and senses involved. But I find that really trippy. And then I was thinking about, I don't know what that has to pertain. I mean, you it sort of has to pertain with what you're saying about looking well, the at authenticity,
0: the, the authenticity, The authenticity and being true. I think that's what this whole thing is about. It's so fascinating. And I didn't even really plan to start there. That yeah. literally just came through as I'm thinking about the topic that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And then how I wanted to read this post that I made earlier today. Yeah. And this conversation I was having, I've been having over the last few days. But then Eb, I think it's a I think it's a big labyrinth to get down to
1: your truth. There Definitely. like like for instance with the gender topic, that's a big labyrinth of just trying to find your truth. And you're in these layers and Everybody, I think, has different kind of challenges of layers to get to their truth, which I think is why, let's say, meditation is so vital, because when you sit in silence and listen, you can feel what your truth is. How do you feel about that? The kind of layers, because, dude, look at you and me five years ago. (laughs) We didn't know what we know now. We didn't, we haven't settled, we weren't settled into what we know now 10 years ago. I mean, that's a huge trajectory of moving deeper and deeper through the layers to find the core.
0: Mm. It's super profound what you're talking about in all of this. Here's what I believe the whole truth, the absoluteness of it all is already within you. Mm -hmm. It's already there. Now, that being said, there is a process by which we arrive at that. I call it a bottom. But not in a bottom as far as In the terms of say a rock bottom. Where someone has to hit their rock bottom. But it's just like. And it goes back to this thing. Spiritual gurus will talk about. Osho talks about this beautifully. The deeper you go into yourself. The higher you get. Mm -hmm. You're descending. There's a descent that happens into yourself. Which is actually. An ascension or a transcension out of the material or the call it the matrix of the mind Mm -hmm. that we're born into, especially in the West, in the West. I think this is particularly true of people in Western civilization who are living in a culture built on materialism. Yeah. Because through materialism, we put all of these veils over ourself. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously. The veil of whatever success means to you, whatever happiness means to you, the getting of things, the achieving the goals, the, all of that. Mm-hmm. That being said... I absolutely think you're true, not to mention going back to what we talked about in the last part of this podcast where I said we live in an abusive culture. Uh The culture itself is abusive. Uh We're constantly being told how to think, what to think, who we're supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, how we're supposed to do it, what we're supposed to say, all of that. Where to go. Yep. From as volatile as someone literally telling you that to the subtleties of genius American marketing. Yep. Marketing is masterful manipulation. Masterful. Yeah. You go back decades to the beginning of marketing companies and, and ad campaigns, and et cetera. It's all built on Freudian principles mm-hmm. of psychology. How to tap into these deep-seated truths of human experience to manipulate people into buying things, needing things, wanting things, et cetera. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we in the West, we have created the labyrinth of which we must all traverse to get to our truth, to get to our bottom, the Um, bottom of ourselves.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you came right back around. I was going to say, Osho, one of the metaphors he uses a lot is the tree roots. And he says, Mm. the tree is as tall. When you see a giant tree, that means the roots are just as deep. Mm, yeah. So, like if yes. you're an expanded creature, mm-hmm. that means that you have gone to your roots Absolutely. to an expanded degree, and that's a beautiful kind of yin and yang to me that you're talking about. Of, in order to get High. up, you got to go low.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um, did Ramdas and uh, I know they met and they would yeah, hang they out around. and do You know, trip and talk. And did they do any talk together?
0: I'd I'm lo- I'd assuming love to hear not. That. It, God, you gotta listen, so listen crazy. to it, listen to this talk because uh, that dude Ragu. Shout out yeah. Ragu Marcus, who yeah. uh, does the Be Here Now podcast. Ragu's great. Ragu, just stop
1: apologizing for your uh, intros too. Yeah, Ragu, you're the fucking I love, man. I love bro. hearing your intros.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got great insight. You spent a lot of time with Rahman. I mean, yeah. I, I love everything you say, brother, if you're out there listening. Um, when but the- in there, he has Mark Watts, Alan's son. Oh, interesting. Come on and talk, and they collaborated because Mark spent a lot of time with Alan. Alan had seven kids. Yeah, yeah it's mind-blowing. <laughs> seven kids i think i
1: texted that to you didn't yeah I?
0: <laughs> I was it's interesting you say that because i was going to text you that earlier yeah
1: i texted you that like a couple months ago i was listening to a podcast the other day and ramdas said he was on i think he was i don't know what he was doing he was with watts and watts's wife and they were hanging out and watts said uh you know what your problem is ramdas Yeah. ramdas Ram was like oh gosh this is going to be interesting what watts says And he said, uh, you're too attached to formlessness.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: We don't have to get into that. But that's kind of your. Well,
0: someone, Fritz, Fritz Paul, someone at, Alan was at Esalen. Uh Uh-huh. And someone, some other great philosopher said to Alan Watts, because Mark said that's where Alan got that from. He said to Alan, this guy Fritz, Fritz Paul, I can't remember. Fritz the Pearls, maybe he he
1: created Gestalt therapy.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's Fritz Pearls. Yeah, yeah. He said to Alan Watts, he said, Alan, you know what your problem is, man? You're too attached to words. Interesting. I love that. And Alan went. <laughs> Alan, went, well words are part of the whole thing anyway that's wow. okay and then fritz was like alan you're fucking impossible dude i
1: love wow that totally came back around you yeah. just heard that yeah it's oh, yeah. so funny i because love they that they talk
0: about that on the pod So um,
1: interesting yeah i just got some fritz pearls books he he created interesting gestalt therapy
0: interesting okay yeah, yeah that's who it is that's exactly interesting it is. interesting um but so we're here dude and and authenticity I don't know why this this is like the thing because then I posted about it but for me I've come to this place where there's literally nowhere else to go and maybe this is this is where we'll start with this post I did today yeah and
1: I want to preface something here you had just said to me before we started the podcast why is it so hard for us people whatever you want to say to speak our truth
0: yes yes
1: i think that's really on to that really well that goes into what we're saying what you're going to say but i I want to
0: really dive into that okay so let me preface this the, the reading of this post with Over the last few days, there's been this picture circulating on uh, social media. A lot of people I follow have been posting it. Gus, you sent it to me yesterday, I think. Tim Kennedy posted about it. And I thought his words were really profound around it. But it's this picture of children, maybe like eighth graders to like early high school kids in... What I can only guess is, it, is... Is it a
1: real photo?
0: I don't... Dude, that's another thing. I feel like that's I saw it thing. years ago. I feel like that... It could totally be staged. And I don't... It's... Yes.
1: I feel like I had seen it before.
0: That's something else to talk about. Okay. But, so this this photo is circulating of what I can only guess is kids in band class in these, like, green isolation tents. Yeah. And there have been pictures of this circulating, like, classrooms in China where the kids are in, like, plastic containers at their desks. And it's really disturbing. Right. It's really disturbing. I don't really care what side of the fence you're on with the COVID shit. It doesn't matter to me at all. But if you think that this – if this gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling inside, I don't see how it possibly could. But I think you need to – take a hard look at what what's happening so it's these kids in these green isolation tents with their instruments and it literally just it's it's dystopian society in a picture it is the complete and utter severance of humanity and childhood oh, Jesus. in a in a photo I can't. I and can't, it makes uh, my stomach turn. And I've been thinking about posting about it. Yeah. And.
1: Since yesterday.
0: Kind of for the last couple days, and after our podcast and this whole topic, it was like the masculinity thing when we tapped into masculinity, and it felt like the universe just started unfolding the masculinity right concept energy out in front of me and now this is kind of the same thing this idea of cultural lunacy and pseudo-intellectualism and this picture's been circulating i've been thinking about Posting about it last night. You sent that to me.
1: Had you seen it before I said I had it? seen it a couple times. times. So you had just seen it on Instagram. I'd like seen somewhere. it
0: and I'm like, oh, my God, this is, you know, yet another thing. I don't know how I continue to be surprised in the age of COVID. <laughs> but here we are. Um, So all of a sudden it and, and I've been doing these podcasts and it started this whole thing just started coming to me. And this kind of I don't know, this happens to me. And it's not like I come up with anything. I can only attribute this to my openness to receive these downloads from the universe. And I'm talking to this guy yesterday, and we're talking about, and all of a sudden out of my mouth comes, Jesus once said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this idea of unconscious living has been circulating and swirling. And all of a sudden, it just all coagulated. And you know, I have a very, I do a dance with social media. I recognize how it is a profound channel for me to disseminate information and my message or the the message of the universe that comes to me. And so I recognize that I need to shift my relationship with it into that as a house builder would use a hammer rather than looking at it as some evil so, I decide, you know what posting that picture it's too charged. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into this thing throughout covid i've done I've done some posts that have like totally it's just it's to, it's it's completely unuseful and doesn't do anything to serve the highest good when you post something that's so politically charged. And I can only really say that because that's kind of the time we're in. But, so I decide, but I feel like really compelled to speak on this. And I feel in my relationship with social media, I need to, you know, the only way it really works and the only way you, you perpetuate a message and you grow the, the visibility is through posting regularly. So I start with Twitter. I like to I twitter, I post rarely on. But this tweet just just percolates and it comes through and I tweet, another magnificent day to be alive. Anyone else feel like there's nothing left to say but the truth? I know I can't keep pretending. Here's to living with an open heart, open mind, and the courage to stand in the truth of it all. Much love, enjoy the sun. Hashtag happy Friday. Hashtag grateful. So then I go, you know what? In lieu of posting that picture, I'm going to post this tweet to Instagram, which I occasionally do. And I'm going to share my thoughts on the photo Mm. because I feel like they're just interconnected in this interesting way. Yeah. So in the caption, I say this. I've seen this photo of children in green isolation tents going around social media. You've probably seen it. I was thinking of posting it, about it, etc. It disturbs me to the core of my humanity. Maybe I still will. For the sake of not perpetuating such cultural madness, I'll leave you with this. It is a metaphysical reality that at some point, we all run out of places to go. What I mean by that is we run out of escape valves. We run out of excuses. We exhaust all the old options of turning away from the undeniable truth that emanates from the eternal source of ourselves. And this all happens in perfect timing with each of our own rides through this thing called life. Jesus said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Another wise person said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I will say that the core of my being believes that we are all doing the best we can with what we have available to us. And to take that further, I believe we are all just trying to do the quote-unquote right thing. The issue at this stage is if that quote-unquote right thing is coming from an unconscious place it may very well be a harmful thing. We've reached an inflection point in our evolution. We can no longer afford much more unconscious living, words, decision making. It is literally destroying us. I'm not here on a spiritual high horse saying everyone has to, quote unquote, wake up, but the truth is that we have to start being accountable for it all. Everything matters. Every move, every thought, every word, every action matters. It is all exquisitely important. And that is not to say that we have to be serious all the time either or ever. But we must begin to live with sincerity. I don't want to talk about politics and cultural bullshit. It doesn't interest me and especially through the platform of social media, I do not see how it serves the greatest good. That being said, if we can take any lessons from the Bhagavad Gita, this may very well be the battle we must fight in this lifetime. I feel beyond grateful to be here with you all. I wish you nothing but the best on your journey. Have an excellent Friday and an excellent weekend. Spend time in the sun. Be with your loved ones. Lots of love. Beautiful. Beautiful. You know
1: the the line that the line that sticks out for me when I first read it was um the issue at this stage is that it, it, it the issue at this stage is if that quote unquote right thing is coming from an unconscious place it may very well be a harmful thing. You know that's really that's really deep and that's really profound and that's really um that's a really important thing and you know I think about do you mind if I just say some stuff on this
0: No riff on Okay me, dude.
1: um you know I think about like Ramdas talking about um media how media and he of course didn't have social media when he was saying this but television radio newspapers it, it was burgeoning things were coming in terms of media technology and he talked about how media can be this incredible accelerator of liberation aka enlightenment aka and awareness whatever you want to call it because with the with the proliferation of different types of media we get to burn through the seeds of dysfunction because we get to dive head first into all of it we get to see all of the the um sort of pornographic imagery we get to you know we get to experience all the things and now the way we use technology we can burn through this stuff i mean you can you can burn through the seeds of sexual perversity in a month if you wanted to or i mean you know however long it takes because it's so readily available or the technology of food you can burn through that seed um that karmic seed which you know so mm. but then he he went on to say that the challenge is that with media and technology there's not that doesn't mean that it's the the imagery or the messages are being delivered by conscious people that's where the challenge comes in and that's where that particular line really stuck out to me Um and, you know, this is all interesting to me because it's like the right thing may be the bad thing. And maybe you just need to do the bad thing as much as it needs to be done in order for you to continue and move through that karmic veil, that karmic cycle. Um, There's so much to talk about here with this piece you wrote it's it's beautiful but that's my first thought
0: i totally that i totally agree man you know my thought also
1: when i sent that photo to you that i didn't know you had seen already i was like wow what a time to be alive this is amazing there's so much opportunity for awareness expansion with all this this is such an incredible time to unite within ourselves and, when it, and with the people and things around us, this can be such an amazing opportunity to just grow together because we can see how weird it's all become, and how off it's all become, and how lo- how lunatic it's become. Isn't that beautiful? It is that we can do that now.
0: It is, and I think that. Uh, You know, as you talk about it, I'm thinking about. Because I'm actually really curious. First of all, is the picture real? That's a great question. I don't know. It's sure been posted as if it's from a real place. Who took the picture? What was the thought behind taking the picture? Was someone taking the picture going... Look at the safety precautions we're taking here at our school. Or was the picture being taken in the vein of, wow, look at how weird this is. When that picture has been, where is that? When people see that picture. I'm even, I'm talking about everybody. When people see that picture. What goes through your head? Do you go, oh, it's so sad that we've been hit with COVID and we have to do this. Are you playing that political game or are you going, whoa,
1: it's so funny. This is
0: going really far. Yeah, And if someone doesn't start standing up, like you said before, like Rene Dubois said, we will be swept up in this stream yeah. of pseudo security yeah. of taking everything so far beyond the realms of humanity. Because going back to the initial point of this, which I think ties directly into the, the concepts of cultural lunacy and pseudo intellectualism, is it authentic And what does authenticity mean to you? To me, authenticity has only to do with that thing that emanates from the seed of my being. Which is rooted deeply in my humanity. And every day gets more rooted in my humanity, the flesh and blood everyday experience of this thing called being Eben yeah and
1: this you know I wrote down this word core and you and I had said it in the beginning and then when you were reading that you had said this this rattles me to my core and I think that's incredible because that's what it is to me that's your intuitive heart going this isn't right you know so I thought that was beautiful. And that's kind of what we're talking about, about finding this truth thing. Like, and why is it so hard to tell, to, to speak your truth? Um,
0: yeah. So to move into that, you know, dude, you said something. So tomorrow you're, you're going to leave here. You're going to go p- pick up the printed version of generation your manifest, of your manifa- manifesto,
1: assifesto, <laughs> yeah, generation G- ass.
0: And tomorrow you're gonna go with these copies, yeah. and you're gonna pass them out to people on the street in Hollywood. Yeah, and I think it's and you go, you look at me with this maniacal grin, and you go, <laughs> "What do you, what do you think of that? Is that totally nuts?" And I said, "It's incredible. This is, you know." And that led oh, us man. into this thing of. Why Why is it, Gus, mm-hmm. everyone deals with this? Every single person I've ever met in my life struggles with being themselves, with sharing their truth, with expressing the reality that lives within their heart. Why is that the most, maybe the most difficult thing we can possibly do? And there's a whole... There's a whole ethos around it. There's an entire atmosphere around this thing in particular. What? Speaking your truth or not? Speaking your truth and the fear that that mm. is attached to that. Why is that so difficult? Why have where did this begin? Mm. When literally we have nothing else. A human being has nothing but the truth in their heart. Right. And the people who change the world, the ones who are unafraid to speak their truth, the revolutionaries, the artists, the titans of industry, the fucking political moguls who make this world fucking go round, mm-hmm. these are all the people like you said, there's a handful of people throughout history who have been completely unafraid. Mm-hmm standing in their truth, being, living in the light of the expression of themselves to the right. utmost, right to the point where people are burned at the stake, to the point where people are assassinated, to the point where people are exiled. Or their works are banned. Or their works are banned, or they fucking commit suicide, or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Why Well, is it such a <laughs> revolutionary act To speak your fucking truth.
1: Well, for me, it goes back to the last podcast of this word, the mob. We're very afraid to separate from the illusion, the perceived mob. You know, that's a dicey thing. Because if you... And also, let's take this a little farther. You know, you and I and the art we do, we're broadcasting our truth. We're not just saying our truth within the environs of our home. We're trying to get this message out to fellow travelers Uh and spread the love and the awareness. So we're taking it a little bit deeper. And I think there is a concern when you do that of, wait, is this okay? Am I, am I, uh insane here am i sane? you know see now my beauty am i overstepping my boundaries yeah my beauty now and my part of my growth is that when i asked you that question i said am i insane or am i sane i didn't just say am i insane Uh so i've got the room i have the space now yeah for the other possibility but also in your in your post you know you said um Anyone else feel like there's nothing left to say but the truth? I know I can't keep pretending, you know, and then you said, here's the living with an open heart. You know, guys, we got to stop. We got to stop this thing where it's all okay, or it's just like it's all just um, I mean, it is all going to be okay, But I mean, uh, we got to stop pretending it's not working. Yeah. We got to just say, and I, I feel that so deeply that you said of, you know, like with my work and I interview people a lot, I can't interview you now without injecting my truth. I can't only talk about how you're the new star that's in this show without saying something that's real. I just can't do it. Um. So... That's...
0: uh... Wait, you said something that was really important here. You said, stop pretending. When are we going to stop pretending? There was a lot of really... I was super... I call it political jargon because that's the only thing that makes sense in describing this sector of consciousness that gets expressed through, especially the mainstream media. But like when Joe Biden did his, his, uh, his, his uh, victory speech or whatever it was, that was like two months before all the votes even got counted and everything happened. And he said he, he, he start, He talked about, you know, the tragedy of the COVID people who died alone and, you know, the families who were separated because of COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, okay, we have this thing COVID. Okay. There's been all of these governmental and institutionalized... I don't I don't know what you call it restrictions or guidelines put forth you know and it's like we st- we have choices and all of that mm-hmm. and if someone decided that it was more important for me to not see my grandmother because I was so deathly afraid of get, getting them sick or whatever it might be than to go and give them a hug and a kiss on their dying bed on their deathbed, that's a choice you decided to make. Let's not blame COVID for that. Mm-hmm. Call it whatever you want to call it. That's a political. That's a political veil you want to throw over a, a situation. Now the other part of this fear is not a mechanism of God. Because in God, in spirit, there is no fear because the ultimate fear is fear of death. There is no fear of death in God because you're coming back to the source anyway. Mm -hmm. And death is an inevitable part of the life experience. So fear is really a human mechanism, an animal mechanism that has been built into our survival instincts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really the fundamental piece of our survival instincts. False evidence appearing real has never been so true in the age of industry that we find ourselves in right now. So fear, fear is literally something that's just been weaponized by the media to make you think that there's all of these things that are coming after you. There's scary people out there. There's deadly viruses. There's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everything. What you know, we live in a in a fucking in a fucking electrical windstorm of fear, mm. built by the media, which is which is a false ideology. Because at the root of all things, there is no fear in God. God does not give a fuck about that. Mm -hmm. There is no fear of death Mm -hmm. in spirit Mm -hmm. and in the ultimate reality that lies behind all things. Mm -hmm. Because that's just another step in the phase, in the the life process. And then we come out again. We do something else in another form, whatever it might be.
1: Right. Can I uh, say something on that?
0: So then the he last ripped, piece of this is I had two conversations yesterday with, with two two on on other people's podcasts. And they both said to me, both of them, and I don't really go around thinking about this, but they said, Evan, your last few podcasts have blown my mind, brought me to tears. People have been coming out of the woodwork about our God and Death episode talking about sunny and spirituality. Beautiful. Saying like, dude, you put into words things I've been thinking and can't get over for so long. And these two podcasts I went on, both of them said, Eben, people gravitate towards you because of your honesty. Yeah. And when you set that vibration out into the universe, like it doesn't... There is nothing else, dude. Yeah. You you know, we gravitate into nature because it's just fucking purely authentic. Right. It's an emanation of God in front of us. And we are that too. Mm-hmm. But through culture, through conditioning, through environment, through fucking social media and all these other distractions. We've literally convinced ourselves not to be ourselves. Yeah. And yet that is the only thing that the universe requires of you. Hmm. I heard something today in that meeting, dude. Mm -hmm. That dude, Corey. (sighs) He was talking about how. Being able to be comfortable with being himself is the greatest joy of his life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it blew my mind.
0: (laughs) Because, like, that's all. Like, we spend so much time trying to find joy and be happy. And it's like, all it has to do with is just being you. Yeah. The fuck are we doing? Yeah. Can you really tell me? Can you really fucking say that when you see a picture of kids in bubbles you think that's authentic or real or true or right? Mm. Come on.
1: Yeah. I've been, I was thinking about Fear this morning. And. You know it's interesting. Because it's all just words. It's words. That we've attached. To feelings. And okay. If I go with fear as. This concept. Maybe the fear. Is just another. This, this kind of. Continuous touchstone. For me to get back to God And then the process is Not Diving head first And cracking my skull In the fear (laughs) You know because You know I think about Our great teachers And I think if you ask them Are you fearless They would say no I have fear Of course I have fear But it's what do I do with it What do I do when that comes up for me? How do I play with it? It's that Leela, the dance, the play, that that Sanskrit word. How do I play with what's coming up and not letting it consume me? Because this has now consumed us. And I want to tell you this interesting meditation practice I'm doing. I, I originally heard it from Osho meditating in darkness, huh. meditating in complete darkness. And then I was reading this Jack Cornfield book recently, and he was a monk in Burma. And he said one of their practices was to go into the rainforest by yourself where there's tigers and snakes all over the place, and they would have to go and sit alone overnight and meditate through the pitch black with all this stuff that could be around them. And Jack said when he was doing that, he was just like, oh, my God. And I even tried it in my living room in the pitch black. And it's an incredible mind experience. Because even just in the pitch black sitting there, I was like, oh, man, something's coming right now. Something's running up the hallway right now. It's going to when you open your eyes, it's going to be right in front of you. Watch. Watch. You better open your eyes and turn the lights on right now because it's sprinting right at you and it's weird. It looks weird. It's fucking gnarly. It's coming. And I was like, wow, the mind is unbelievable with the fabrications it can come up with. And I sat through the meditation and I was just like, well, that was an incredible. So, you know, just to offer a kind of practice that we can take. To moving through fears in that meditation practice. Um, it's
0: profound. It's profound.
1: I don't know. I was just thinking of that as you were saying that. But that's I incredible, this, man. That's incredible. I mean, I, I feel what you're saying.
0: I had this experience in Montana. Because mm-hmm. at night, we'd walk like from cabin to cabin. Uh-huh. Or, or the gym. There was this great little weight room. It was kind of on this other. It was about two hundred yards from the cabin I was in. Right, and it, I'd go work out at night, like before dinner, mm-hmm. and I'd walk back, and it would be pitch black. Yeah. There's no lights. Yeah, and I would use it as this as this opportunity to just be in that. Yeah. And at first, I would put my iPhone light on. Right, right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. And pretty quickly, I was like, fuck that. Let's walk through. And maybe there's some moonlight, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. And I would feel that, the mind projection of fear, going, Mm. fuck. But then something really powerful happened. All of a sudden, I was like, if you get quiet enough and you just be totally present here, anything that was coming for you, you would hear it before it was able to get you. And my senses just like exploded open. Mm -hmm. And I felt this incredible power all of a sudden. Mm. Because it's like, you know, We're in the fucking forest. We're in the mountains. Yeah. They were talking about how the night before they heard howling a wolf pack was on the property. Right. Running on the property. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And there's horses like down in the stable over there and, you know, wild turkeys roam around this thing. Right. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, if anything was coming, if you're quiet enough if you just shut the fuck up for a second, you got everything you need right here. Mm. You know, like stop trying to make it, you know, stop trying to make something up. Mm. And it was a really powerful experience of that. And also on that note, they do these things. I heard, uh, I, I've i always loved this dude, Aubrey Marcus, who's the, see, the he started on it, and he's yeah. got a great podcast, and he's super, he's a great thinker, and um, he did this thing, he had a guy on his podcast who came and talked about fear as the teacher, mm-hmm. and he was coming out of do just having done this seven days in pitch black darkness meditation, Mm-hmm. There's this place in Germany you mm. can go, and they literally put you into a dungeon for seven days, mm. and it's pure black for seven straight days. Mm. And he t- he talks about how you're just ready to fucking yeah, you're you're gone, dude. Wow, and it sounds so incredibly intense. Yeah, you know, and uh, he said that. It was a super profound experience because when he was literally at the moment of completely breaking down, Mm -hmm. he said this vision of Buddha came to him and was like, basically like, Aubrey, why are you so serious?
1: Mm. Oh, Aubrey did it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he went and did it. And it it just blew his mind. And this guy's done hundreds of ayahuasca's. Yeah. Yeah. Ayahuasca ceremonies and he said this this pure darkness yeah meditation for 7 days was mind blowing yeah yeah and well, that totally makes sense man because that's really when your mind like unfurls mm-hmm. yeah you well, know and i've had this thing lately it takes a lot and i know a lot of people deal with this i mean Waking up in the middle of the night and your mind just starts racing and running towards all the issues in your life. And spiraling into anxiety and fear and darkness and the things that you haven't done and the regrets and the pain and all of it. And that's a lot of momentum of old programming. Yeah. That's a lot of momentum. It's got a lot of momentum. The programming that we've all oh, been absolutely. put
1: under. Very heavy,
0: and something I've done recently is I, I'll if I wake up in the middle of the night, I start praying immediately. I just start praying and it starts with the serenity prayer God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference and I'll just keep saying that and all of a sudden I'll either just fall back asleep. Or I'll have this tremendous peace come over me, mm-hmm. and my mind just doesn't. It's like it's a firewall between me and the old bullshit. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, you know, I wanna I wanna say about this programming. You know, I would imagine your listeners, but I, I also know that you get new listeners. So you know, there's work. That, you know, because I think I I would think it could feel daunting to hear some of this stuff and say, oh, OK, so Eben says, drop your fear. I just got to drop my fear, you know, <laughs> And but it's like, OK, wait a second. There to, it, it, allow yourself the time. You know, allow yourself the time to do the work, to do the spiritual work. Like you, you called me the other day and you were like, God, it's so helpful writing. Mm -hmm. It's so helpful doing the writing like to be able to disentangle the programming. That's not something where you can just one day say, okay, I'm here. I'm just, you can't pretend again, back to the pretend in the same way, you can't pretend that it's not there. You can't pretend that, that, um, that identification with is there, you know, for these great teachers to get where they are, that's a lot of practice. Daily and reading and writing and reasoning it out, reasoning out, reasoning out with other great teachers and, um, you know, other minds and hearts that are open to get to that point. So I think there's, I just feel like it's important to remind people that it takes work. Wouldn't you say that's valid to, to, because I can't. Absolutely, you know. Man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it 1000%. takes 1,000%.
0: Yeah. To get to your truth. Well, this is kind of an interesting thing because, um, you know, we could riff on co- the cultural lunacy all day. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're kind of off in a different direction, really honing in on authenticity. And maybe this is we've we've sort of transcended the earthly matters of what's happening in the world and we've gone into the remedy which is living in your truth living from the authentic source of yourself Mm -hmm. right. Well what's interesting about this is you look at, say, Ramdas. Ramdas absolutely had a long process of unfurlment mm-hmm. to get to be Ramdas, to get to be that guy who was just, you know, talking with Terrence McKenna, making McKenna look like a a child. Did you watch that? I haven't watched it yet, oh, but I just uh, know yeah, I you know, I know exactly what went down and Terrence McKenna is no fucking no slouch. I mean, yeah. the guy is a highly evolved, super intellect, yeah, deeply thinking being. Yeah, you know, he's not like a fucking you, you know. Yeah, wh- I don't even you know I don't even know what to say. Um, but it was a, a super long process of. Daily practice for Ramdas to get to be the guy that he was. Mm-hmm. For me to get to this place, wherever it is, whatever it is I'm at here, of being able to at least come from a place of gratitude for it all and a very high level of awareness that I've gotten to here and I continue to get to because I have fucking mind blowing revelations literally every day. Mm hmm. But that only comes with the constant work. Waking up at 6 a.m., doing my stretching and breath work, even if I don't fucking feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. Coming inside, hitting my meditation practice, making the coffee, doing the fucking journaling. Finally, dude, I've gotten to the place now, where like we were speaking about this earlier, where I can literally, I'm literally enjoying the experience of the everyday life stuff. Yeah. It's and that's becoming the psychedelic experience. That. Oh, God. You know, I'm in my relationship. I'm in my marriage with my wife watching myself experience this thing going, wow, isn't it interesting where I'm being triggered here? Yeah. How I want to react with this thing, but then I can go back to compassion, back mm-hmm. into love, come forward mm-hmm into deeper intimacy yeah it's so rich oh god i love that i mean I that's that. only really come
1: god life is so rich dude it's, <laughs> it's so old. rich
0: it's so rich
1: you don't even need the drugs the drugs are already in there exactly i mean the dude. drugs are cool whatever but it's just like it's totally. so rich dude it's so rich. i had this note the other day uh love even when you don't feel like it you know, it's so funny, COVID, I live on that bike path. COVID's brought some people out, like, that I never saw before. And there's this one dude who, he's just walking now, and I had never seen him before. And I always say, I always, like, wait, I, I just love it. We wave to each other, no clue really who we are, just like, we always say hello. And the other yesterday, I was riding my bike on the path, and I was feeling kind of just like not really wanting to engage in a way. And I saw him walking like in front of me and I was going to ride by him. And I was like, Oh, okay. Am I going to like say what's up to him? And I was feeling low. I was like, I'm just going to like kind of put my head down and go. And then I was like, and then, I mean, this is just the gift of present moment awareness. I was like, no, yeah. this is when you turn to him yeah. and say, Hey brother, I love you. Have a great... You know, this is when you do that. Yeah. When you don't feel like it. And that's kind of an incredible muscle to practice.
0: Oh, totally, dude. Totally. And then... So, here's my question to you, though, Gus. Uh Uh-huh. So, when you listen to a guy like Saad Guru, who... his, His... his history, his origin story is a little bit mysterious. Like it's kind of veiled yeah. in yeah. half, half truths. It feels like because mm-hmm. he just like went up onto this mountain and meditated for four hours and yeah, exploded into enlightenment, right. And his whole thing, you know, he, my big problem with him is his arrogance, his spiritual arrogance and sort of no matter what question you ask him, he'll laugh at you Mm -hmm. and make you feel like you're a fucking idiot for thinking that or the fact that you're so dumb you haven't realized because he's like, you know, none of it really matters because you're already here. It's not a process. It's happened already. Yeah. You're there. You know, stop trying to do it. It's just you're you know, yeah. you're already here. And it's like I get that. I'm with that. But there there is a process.
1: Yeah, is that your question?
0: I'm just like how do we what do we think about that? I mean Um I cause, don't cuz if you said this, if you brought this to Sadhguru and you you said what do you think about the process of enlightenment
1: yeah he'd say there's no process i mean i asked him that when i right. interviewed him and you right. were there and i said how do, i think i said something like how do you expand and he chuckled and said what do you mean expand you're already as vast as the universe i mean i would have a very very different conversation with that person if he sat down across from me now yeah that would I, i'm not at that consciousness level like uh-huh. if he laughed i would say to him why are you laughing
0: <laughs> really i would yeah i would have sure. no
1: problem in my seat in my power seat yeah saying to him what's really going on with you right because i think you're missing a lot yeah you know in your conversation with him you didn't really have the forum that was such a bizarre forum yeah where you weren't really given intimate time with him yeah but you know i think he's you know i heard ramdas talk about osho the other day in a talk and which is interesting because I had never heard him bring up Osho but this was in a different context I feel like Ramdas would feel differently now but Ramdas said you know when I encounter a teacher that I don't vibrate toward I just say I don't have any business with them we just don't have business together
0: is that how Ram felt about Osho
1: that's what he said then well he just said you know Raj- Rajneesh I don't know anything about Rajneesh I we just don't have any business together I don't know who he is what he's doing See I feel like if Ram knew who Rajnish kind of turned into like cuz that was all veiled in the pop culture something's wrong here thing back then. So I don't I I would I'd be curious if his feeling would change about Osho later on cuz to me Osho is incredibly valuable.
0: Well the beauty of to me the beauty of guys like Ram Dass, Alan Watts, Osho 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 definitely does this too they acknowledge the menial everyday existence of humanity yeah and that's all part of the god experience yeah i mean whereas uh, sad kind of i don't know what sad does his thing is kind of to be interesting in my opinion
1: I think he knows what the, I think he knows what to say, and I really don't. I, I know you don't either. It's not about judging him. I mean, the other day I saw something that was sort of totally outlandish, which I've been wanting to kind of bring up with you anyway about Saad. I saw this photo of him, and it said, uh, <laughs> "Come celebrate the day of my enlightenment." Now, first of all, if you speak to any great teacher anybody they've met that's enlightened never says they're enlightened that's the whole point right you never you're you're living beyond that veil you're not walking around going dude i'm enlightened so you know february 14th we're having a party it's the day of my enlightenment (laughs) come through (laughs) we'll go for a walk we'll celebrate i'm fully realized you're not it's okay maybe one day yeah, we'll burn some incense, maybe meditate. I don't know. Yeah, you know that's not. I don't know who who's writing that script, but you know I don't. My heart doesn't. I've read Inner Engineering. He's got a new book called Karma. I don't really want to read it because I feel like I have way more. Inner Engineering is
0: a good book, though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's. I don't know. I read it a while ago, but you know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. What am I going to... No, what? no.
0: I know. I, I'm just using that because he's a good example Listen. of a guy, of a spiritual teacher who will literally laugh in your face if you bring up the topic of spirituality. Yeah, I mean, he's missing something. He's
1: missing something. He's missing it. He's
0: missing it. And here's the other beautiful thing. Like you said, and I think we've maybe said this in another time, like Ram Ramdas said. And I've had people reach out to me and ask me questions about Alan Watts and what do you think about Alan being an alcoholic and how does that jive with being a spiritual teacher? And, you know, first of all, on the topic of Alan Watts being an alcoholic, I'm like, hey, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And also what I think is interesting about that in particular is I think there is a certain level of disillusionment with the material life when you start to transcend the levels of consciousness and attain this certain sta- state of, quote-unquote, enlightenment. And Alan enjoyed drinking. Like, he enjoyed it. Like, that that filled something in him. Right. The second part of that is, to the point of Sadhguru, and hey, I, I mean, I think he's he's super important for the time and uh i think he has a lot to offer and i would recommend inner engineering to anybody who's interested in learning about about yogic philosophy um but not every teacher is for you yeah you know and if he, if the teacher doesn't resonate with you that's totally fine there's yeah. nothing wrong with that i believe there is a, a process and I believe there. Now here's the here's the the Dude. caveat to that though, Gus. Uh huh. Is the process like you have to meditate and do yoga and write every day? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe the process, like we talked about, is you're fumbling and bumbling your way through one fucking mistake after another through one unconscious act after another until you right. find your way to that wall that I'm talking about where you realize there's nowhere else to go but go back in
1: right i don't know i don't know what sad sad guru is not one of my great teachers
0: we've had the opportunity Listen, to sit with him 3 times now what was the third
1: oh yeah with the uh what was with that actors house yeah you right
0: interviewing him yeah. one-on-one right i got to come it was really interesting yeah going to the actor the actor's house to see the talk right and then at tyson ranch yeah i don't know i don't he's not you know i love sad i
1: love him you know he's pr- he promotes peace and awareness so wonderful and love so that's cool and planting trees i just in planting trees that's <laughs> awesome You know, we're allowed to have our different teachers. Um, You know, you know, there's women in Africa that have been brutalized that can't meditate with their eyes closed. Right. Because when they close their eyes, they see the abject horror of what they've gone through. Yeah. So you can't sit here and tell me that everything's fine, you're there already. That really is not okay. That really does not sit well with me because you've clearly not spoken to the whole world. Sure, you want to talk on some cosmic level? You want to talk on some vast astrological level and say everything is okay? Sure, okay. Everything is okay.
0: Fine. Or you want to talk in Beverly Hills mansions at somebody's estate.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. But there's trauma. There's layers of trauma that people need to be able to move through. And I don't know what your experience is. Maybe you're enlightened. Maybe you're fully realized. Great. But that's a very rare group of people. Also, one of Ramda's teachers and contemporaries, Chogim Trungpa, Rinpoche, meditation master, Buddhist master, he drank and smoked like a fish.
0: It's interesting.
1: I mean, Ramda said he went and studied with him. He thought he was at, at a fucking brothel. <laughs> he had all of the monks smoking, drinking, heavy meat diets. He was like, What the fuck is going on here? You know? Totally. And dude. then and then he had realized that Trungpa was working with his monks to burn all that shit out. Uh He was like, okay, you guys want to do this, do this, but you got to just get this out of your system. Right. You know, Ramda said he went and had to talk to him. There was a bottle of sake between them. And he was just (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, this is one of the great meditation teachers. Yeah. That book, his book, meditation and action is really incredible. Um, Hey, I want to ask you one other thing. Coming back to the culture of lunacy. On the way here, I was behind this car that had a bunch of bumper stickers on the back of it. One of the ca- one of the stickers was Biden Harris. <laughs> the other sticker was uh, Elizabeth Warren. The other sticker was this bizarre like police call box sticker. The other sticker was I'm speaking, which is that thing that, Kamala did to Pence in the debate where she said I'm speaking and I just thought this is this is kind of a crux of an issue Uh, oh so this comes back to when you say to me speak your truth so that person really thinks that's their truth Uh but you know you've created an us and them dynamic there with those bumper stickers whether you have a Trump bumper sticker or the Biden Harris bumper sticker You've created a division and when we're talking, we're not talking about sports teams here where we can kind of be silly about it. Oh, you like the Nets? Cool. I like the Lakers. Right. But, you know, we're talking about political kind of human issues. You know, so what would you say to somebody that's like, oh, well, my truth is this and this. And then you have the caveat, the asterisk saying, well, if you don't, but if you don't believe in this truth, we're going to have a problem. So that's not really the truth that we're talking about here, is it? Because the truth, that inner heart truth, transcends all that us and them shit. It's like, oh, cool, that person's got a Trump bumper sticker. That's funny. Oh, they've got a Biden-Harris sticker. That's cool. You know, that's okay.
0: That's really But if we get
1: caught in the us and them yeah. well, of that, the
0: people dynamic, then there's a problem with that truth. That's the problem in my mind with politics period politics is nothing but weaponized humanity Mm. Mm -hmm. it takes every aspect of human existence and it weaponizes it to divide and create chaos yeah literally i mean the fact that we have a red and blue team in one country it's like what the fuck are we doing (laughs) it's it's total it's absurd man i mean that's uh, so here's a perfect example uh we went to tucson last week for my for dad's birthday uh-huh um hey dad what's up g <laughs> um my wife daughter and our dog how old is he are? now 63 oh man he looks like he's like a he looks like he's forty-five. Not like an eight-pack. He hasn't aged in twenty years. <laughs> the guy's unbelievable. He only Drinks eats wine. oatmeal. That's he, his pro- oatmeal and wine. He eats oatmeal and like berries. He has a dude in the more. The guy eats more than anybody I've ever met in Does my he? life. He wakes up. He has a coffee. What's well, his process? <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. Maybe that's more interesting than the political thing. (laughs) Dad wakes up, because I got to live with him for two weeks, him and his girlfriend uh, in their place in Tucson. And they have this incredible, they basically brought Brooklyn to Tucson. Dad just moved out to Tucson, Arizona, from Brooklyn, New York. Lived in Brooklyn for 40 years. That's where Gus and I were. Gus and I were born in the city, Lower East Side, St. Vinny's. Hospital, no longer even there. Raised in Brooklyn, New York, Park Slope, shout out. cross the street from Prospect Park, 14th Street, between 8th and the Park. 12th Street. 12th Street, between 8th and the Park. Our school was on 14th Street, PS 107, shout out. Yep. Dad just moved to Tucson. I was out there at the beginning of the year, spent a couple weeks with him. And I love dad. I love dad to death. He's uh, so much of... I feel so blessed to have had the parents we've had. Yeah, You know, mom and dad. They're such a big part of how I view the world and how I take care of myself and my understanding of everything. Dad wakes up. He spends like the first hour of the morning... In bed, on the phone with one of his buddies back in New York, like talking him off the ledge. Like every day, yeah, every day. <laughs> Who's he talk to? I don't know. This dude, his buddy Sully, and That's uh, hilarious. <laughs> Susan, his girlfriend, will make him this cup of coffee, and I shit you not, he does the single, the single pour coffees. So they have like a, a coffee filter that they put on top of a coffee cup, right. with a filter in it. He fills this fucking thing to the top with grounds, uh-huh. so it's like he's literally drinking a pot of coffee worth of caffeine uh-huh. in an eight-ounce cup of coffee. Right. I'm like, Dad, this is literally like fucking. You're literally drinking rocket. Fuel. Is he drinking Bustello,
1: or does he get like he, uh, he gets nice stuff? He gets right? like
0: the organic something or other. Yes. Yeah. He drinks that. He comes out after, and I would I would like go outside. I'd do my breath work and stretching. I'd come in. I'd meditate. I'd journal. By the time I'm done journaling, Dad would come out. He'll ha- he'll make his oatmeal every morning. Makes his oatmeal with like blueberries, raspberries. Now he makes a protein shake too. He'll have this fucking protein <laughs> shake with all the superfoods in it. He's got like hemp seeds. A protein powder. Uh, he's got fucking maca and cacao, and all, he's got yeah. more. Sh- he's gonna be. <laughs> s- he's sleeping standing up. Yeah, you know he's got more fucking antioxidants going than you can imagine. After that, he'll go on a walk. We'll take a walk for like a couple miles. He'll come back in. He'll hit his, or before the walk, he'll hit his stretching. His core exercises, his back exercises, get himself loosened up. He might crank out 100 to 200 push-ups, go for his two-mile walk, come back. He might have some errands to run, start smoking weed at about noon. (laughs) If If that day he's painting, some days he's painting, he's working on a piece, or other days he might not, but he's just like constantly moving. Yeah. <laughs> the wine starts getting poured at like three or four, but he never really gets drunk and he's done drinking by like seven. Right. Like by the time dinner comes and you know, he's probably had three or three glasses of wine, but like he never gets really drunk. Yeah. I've never seen him, you know, throughout our childhood when we had some more really stressful times, I've seen him explode, but he was always super even keeled. Mm hmm. He never gets mad. He does have the dark side where he'll do the fucking, you know, just kind of like the weird, like, dad, why are you, like, you don't even care about that. Why are you fucking yeah. talking about how horrible that thing is or, you know, what an asshole that guy is? Like, right. you don't even, care. <laughs> and he's doing it kind of jokingly. Like, he yeah. doesn't even really, he doesn't believe it, you know? But that's kind of his process. The guy just turned 63, he looks like he's 45. He's in incredible shape. Yeah. Um, and I you know, love him to death. He all we do is fucking we laugh our asses off. It's hilarious. He's, he's an amazing guy his, his tastes in music and film are unmatched. Yeah, he could definitely be a film critic. His art has gotten to this level of just in just mind-blowing. Truth, yeah, mind-blowing truth. truth. Totally, talk about somebody that's gotten to the core in their art of their truth. Absolutely, he's a he's a master, dude. He's a total master. Yeah. Um. So anyway, okay. So back to the political thing. So we're driving to Tucson, and you know it's a long drive. It's like a seven-hour drive from LA to Tucson. Brittany and I start talking about politics. Now, this is really touchy at Mm -hmm. the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because I don't buy into the political narrative spun by the media, Mm -hmm. which is why at times, listeners, you might think I'm like, you might even say at times like, oh, is that a Trumper? I'm not at all a Trumper. I just don't buy into the fucking bullshit spun by our media corporations. Right. Because I see the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. of the whole thing. So we start talking, and this news had just come out about how Biden struck down this uh, piece of legislation that was going to cancel all student debt. Mm. And that was a big thing. That was like, Biden's like, we're going to cancel the student debt. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, and... Wait. So he didn't go for the bill. Yeah, he, he struck it down. He said, "We're not doing that. Why? We can't do it." I don't. I mean, I don't know. They said we, we don't have the money. We can't afford it. Etc. Okay. Etc. Cetera, et cetera. So Brittany and I right. Really, we can't
1: afford it, but we spend a trillion a year on airplanes. On God knows what. On and jets. send
0: and send thirty million dollars to Pakistan for and gender, for fucking gender programs, whatever right. the fuck that means. So well, we need to research that. We need to un- unpack that. Well, that was in God that knows relief what that bill. actually
1: does mean. Who knows? No, I know. What it does before, I know yeah. exactly.
0: Who the fuck knows what that means? But that was written into the relief bill that went by, where you know every American's getting like what six hundred bucks, and they're sending thirty million dollars to Pakistan and all these and multi multi millions to every other country around the world for God knows what. Yeah, it's whatever. So Biden strikes this thing down. So there's no relief on student debt, right? Now, I feel really lucky. I went to college on a full-ride football scholarship. I've never had to deal with student debt. I feel super blessed to be in that position. Uh, But I have had this very personal experience of being married to a person who is up to her fucking ass in student debt. Like millions of kids are. Millions of people our age are. Yeah. She went to law school, etc. Worked her ass off. You know, has a thriving business. And a big percentage of monthly income has to go to pay these fucking student debt bills. It's devastating. It's why. Why are so many millennials living at home with their parents and can't afford to do shit? I know. Because of fucking things like student debt. Anyway. Yeah. So she says to me, we start talking about this and she goes, yeah, fucking Biden struck down the um, student debt uh, relief thing. I'm like, oh shit. I mean, I guess we saw that one coming, but we could have been hopeful, right? And then she says something really interesting. She goes, I get that they can't afford to relieve the student debt, but why do they never? It never, it all, she said, it always blows my mind that none of these assholes ever talk about the interest rates of right. these student debt loans. And I go, what do you mean? And she says, my student debt loan, I have like a uh, whatever percent interest rate. Right. And she's like, and that's a good one. Yeah. These people over here, and I think hers is like five percent interest rate on her student debt loan. Right, and she's like, I know people with like eight percent and more student debt right. uh, interest rate on their student debt loans. Right, and she's like, I don't know why none of these assholes ever bring up the student debt interest rate and bringing the interest rate down. Yeah, because a lot of people, you're just spending time paying off the interest and never even get to pay off the principal yeah. of it. Yeah, and I go. Voila, yet another crystal clear validation of the fact that the government doesn't give a fuck about helping anybody and they use these concepts, they use these things as precepts to win votes, to buy your votes. Throughout their campaign, they're going, we're going to relieve the student debt. We're going to cut it down. And meanwhile, they have no fucking interest in doing that or doing anything meaningful. Because what they could do, Gus, is they could say, you know what? We don't have the money to relieve all the student debt. But you know what we could do? Strike the interest rates. Yeah. Not even to zero. Strike them down to 1%. Right. Make it just a little bit easier for people to pay down their student debt loans. Yeah. And I go, of course they don't do that because they don't give a fuck. That never even gets on the table to cut, to slash the interest rates. Right. Conservatives are over here going, we can't afford to do that. Right. Progressives are over here, or whatever you call them now, I don't know, liberals are over here going, we got to cut the, get rid of the student debt and it's like no one's in the middle going, "Okay, we get it. We can't afford to just not pay it off." But why don't we compromise and let people just pay off the loan? Right. Rather than you know, anyway, it's yeah. just it's a, it's a perfect example of the government does not give a flying fuck about the people of this country. I don't care what color your skin is, who you are, what state you're in. Yeah. It's all about just gaining votes, gaining power, creating fucking chaos and mayhem in the in the middle class, lower class culture to divide us, to be able to yeah. control us, to have yeah. power over us.
1: Check this out. 2019 the United States spent 1.92 trillion dollars that's trillion trillion on what? on our military it would cost by 2030 to end global hunger 330
0: billion they don't want to do that man they have no interest in doing that they have no interest in doing that.
1: Well, that's, that's why
0: poli- politics it's such a farce.
1: Well, that's my that's my problem with, you know, thinking politicians are going to save you, you because up, think- oh, well, okay, wasn't able to promise that. Up, oh, well, okay, couldn't do that either. Up, oh, oh man, couldn't really do that one either. You know, like when Yeah. When is this ever going to save us? It's not. It's just not a real thing.
0: I thought Obama was going to save us. Yeah, the political pandering. I thought Trump was going to destroy us. Right. We're still here. Yeah. Oh, how could you? He totally destroyed this country. Did he? No. Ah, He didn't even send us to war. I mean, that was amazing. We did the first bombing in the Middle East this week under the Biden administration. So it's good. We're back to doing that Great job, Biden. Way to go, brother. Blow shit up. Biden's I who's gonna in, save us. Biden who's, Harris. In, who's
1: in his pockets? You know, I gotta give a shout out to Jamal Khashoggi because he was killed by the Saudis for being a journalist in 2018. I haven't read the full story yet, but um, it, it did come out today, I believe, that the Saudi Crown Prince approved uh, killing Khashoggi, which is just uh, uh, frighteningly appalling and horrific. He was a he was a journalist. Did you hear about that story? I think so. really horrific, yeah. really horrific. And then I read was this, he beheaded? Yeah, something awful. I don't even. I can't even imagine. Uh, and then I saw this thing today. It said,
0: "Well, here's the." Can I say one thing? Oh yeah. Or maybe finish, and then I'll say it.
1: Well, it's a whole other. It's a whole other news article I saw. I well, it's about
0: journalism in America.
1: Oh well, forget it. The journalists now are you.
0: You right. you well they
1: don't pe- you you are the new you're the new. I mean, I'm a journalist per se because I write for magazines, but I think podcasters are the real journalists. You can't be a journalist and be responsible to anybody. That's not your I mean, not well, responsible. You say. can't.
0: You they don't can't, have to kill. They don't have to do physical executions of right. journalists here in America. Right. Because they've already done spiritual executions of right. them all by buying them. Yeah, you can't be, be you can't be a true journalist and be beholden to
1: anybody's idea.
0: Dude, this is what journalism was started to keep the government in check.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not.
0: And now we don't even have that anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, that's an that's a Well, no, we have it now. It's the podcasters. Right, right. The podcasters no, no, are the real journalists I now. I
0: know. It's just a shame that Well, fuck it. We found the New York Times, for instance, which is, I mean, the New York Times, dude, is a fucking until like the last, I don't know what, 10 years, maybe a little longer than that. It's been compromised, but it was a bastion of fucking free speech and truth and fucking and I
1: wonder how that woman's doing. I forget her name.
0: It's just a shame. It's a shame because so many people look at it and, the, and, and read it as gospel. Yeah. And it's just not that anymore. Yeah. That editor that got fired, I wonder where she is. Look at, I'm not even going to say who. You can do this research on your own. Who owns the New York Times? Who owns the Washington Post? Yeah. Who owns these companies? What other things do they own? And where does that money come from? And then look at the type of news that's being reported. Yeah. And then tell me that it's unbiased information coming out of there.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. This other article, Falling Sperm Counts Threaten Human Survival Experts, Warren. I thought
0: this was very I thought this was, very, thought this was
1: very interesting. This woman, Shanna Swan. Yeah. I, I believe it's a woman. Did she, she write said, a book? I don't know. Yeah, I think so she said uh the sperm count is um it's uh what is it? it's a massive percent oh yeah co-authored in 2017 so that's years ago a couple years ago so now found that sperm counts in the west had plummeted by 59% between 1973 and 2011 that's incredible
0: Dude, look at infertility in this country. And
1: she said, Swam blames, quote, everywhere chemicals found in plastics, cosmetics, and pesticides that affect endocrines such as phthalates and bisphenol A. Get real. It's time to get real. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the ethos of this podcast.
0: That's what I'm saying, brother. And
1: that can be the, the spiritual sperm, too.
0: Well, to- oh, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. You know, Going back to the beginning of this podcast and the, and the post I made, of yeah. we can no longer afford unconscious living right. words yeah. or decision making. Can't afford it. We can't afford it. Now, How m- what
1: time are we on? I got to pick up generation S.
0: We're an hour and a half in. we'll wrap up. All right. right now. Cause
1: we, we, you just came full circle.
0: No, I did. I know. And you know, as I always like to lead with my spiritual foot forward and I dip down into these earthly matters and I fucking get really dirty and hot and pissed off and excited and worn out and, ring it all out it's all <laughs> Get it all fucking greasy and <laughs> fucked up and and then you know ramdas or you know my guru whoever that is my life guru pops into my head and goes Ev, it's all perfect man like it's all exactly how it's meant to be okay how do we rectify this is all how it's meant to be and Realize the truth of we can no longer afford unconscious living. Mm -hmm. I really think that that feels very true. We can't afford it. We can't afford much more unconscious living words, decision making, actions. We can't. That's it. Yeah, that's where it is, man. uh, Yeah, that's where it is. That's where we're at, brother. Wow, that was a blitzkrieg. (laughs) Beautiful though. Yeah, it was good, man. Good riff today. Beautiful. Um, anything? (sighs) I mean, we could go for generation generation ass. Keep a lookout, Hollywood. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you a copy. Gus will be on Hollywood and Highland tomorrow. Well,
1: I think I'll be in Silver Lake tomorrow. Okay. But I've got more copies coming. I'm just doing this first run to see see how it feels. I love it. Yeah. All right, brother. All right, man. Namaste.
0: Fucking A. Um, I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. I always feel like I've just been blasted through a fucking soul cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and I come out just totally worn out and exhausted. There's a lot of good
1: t-shirts on this show. Oh, totally. If anybody makes t-shirts, like soul cannon. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, I mean, there's just so we gotta, many. We got to
0: do some merch for sure. Yeah and somebody
1: um, if somebody can do cartoons that would be awesome too can anybody do cartoons that would be epic like that like that like the ebb walking through the the tents in montana that would be a good one you know
0: yeah that would be good um well i hope you guys enjoyed that thank you so much for supporting me in this show the way you can do that, the tangible way the the application of your support can be shown through subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. I greatly appreciate that. You can also head over to my new Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash EDS Britain. Sign up, contribute. That is greatly appreciated. And beyond all that, just you listening to this show means a lot to me. And I love all of you guys. Have an excellent rest of your day. Standing in your truth. Living in your highest greatness for the greatest good of the universe. Lots of love to all of you guys out there. Until next time, I'm out of here. Peace.